You know what? I'm gonna just say one more time. I'm gonna repeat something because this is something that's come up in conversation so many times. Charge what you're worth. Because there's so many people that are out there that are just, they feel bad, they're artists and they feel bad about charging what they're really worth. Charge what you're worth. I love what you said before in the last podcast about don't do a COVID discount, don't do family discounts. Charge what you're worth, know what you're worth because you absolutely are. You're listening to Creative Breakthrough, the podcast that provides you with the strategies to elevate your creative passion to the next level. I'm your host, creative hustler, and chicken wing lover, Shireen Kassam, aka the funny brown girl. And yes, I have an unhealthy obsession with chicken wings. Now, get ready to flex your creative muscle and keep winning. Hey, welcome to another episode of The Creative Breakthrough. I am your host, Shireen Kassam, aka The Funny Brown Girl. Hey, this week we're going to continue our conversation from about a month ago about side hustles. This is the second part of the series on side hustles, and today I have a really cool guest joining us. Henry Gibson is one of my friends. We met doing acting, and now he is a financial advisor, financial coach, and investment advisor, and he's going to share with us everything from starting a side hustle to if you have a full-time job, how you should be saving money, and how you can transition from being in a full-time job to being a full-time creative and what you should think about. So super interesting conversation coming up. I want to caveat this. I am not being sponsored for this um, episode, and I am not advocating that you use Henry's services or his company for your accounting or financial needs. He's just a friend who I reached out to to see if he would talk to us about saving money and how to transition, especially during a time of COVID and what we should be thinking about if we're starting a side hustle in terms of expenses and taxes and all that good stuff. So just want to caveat that um, really interesting conversation. Before I get started, though, a couple couple of announcements. One, because I have so much free time and all the things that I do. And if you didn't notice, that was sarcasm. I have started a second podcast with my podcast producer, Phil Bird. Phil Bird used to be on ESPN and he's now the podcast doctor helping other people and small businesses start their own podcast. And so we've decided to create our own podcast called Radio Rejects because we both were on the radio and now we're not. And we're going to do it every other week on Sunday and it's going to go live on Facebook and then we'll post the, uh, the live, the replay on Facebook as well as YouTube. So you can always check it out, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So definitely follow me on Facebook at Funny Brown Girl. You can just go to facebook.com Funny Brown Girl to get all the notifications of us going live or on YouTube. Um, That's youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Funny Brown Girl or just join my email list at funnybrowngirl.com and I will send out an email every time we're going live. So definitely get on that bandwagon because it's going to be a hoot and a holler and we're not going to talk about creativity on that podcast. That podcast is more like about us and what we're doing and cool things that we're trying. Um, We're always going to be checking out chicken wings. So last week we checked out the four new flavors from Buffalo Wild Wings. So if you're curious about what we thought about the four new flavors, which are pizza, orange chicken, Grim Reaper and Lemon Pepper, check out last week's episode. Another announcement is we did talk about side hustles in the last episode, and I said to you all, please reach out to me if you have questions, and so many of you did, and thank you for reaching out. It was a blast talking to you all and working through your side hustles with you. 
One of the questions I got a lot is how much money should I invest in my side hustle? How much money should I get started with? And Henry's actually going to talk about that um, a little bit in this conversation that we have, but I wanted to share with you how much I spent when I started a side hustle. So my first side hustle that I started was stand-up comedy. Obviously, when I started stand-up comedy, it was not a side hustle. It was a passion. I wasn't getting paid to do stand-up comedy. Um, I mean, I was getting paid like $20 a week here and there for like showcases and stuff, but it only has now become a side hustle where I'm doing corporate gigs and speaking engagements and all that fun stuff. But when I started doing stand-up comedy, my initial expenses were I paid about $250 to take a stand-up comedy class. I paid about $10 for a comedy book on how to do comedy. Um, obviously I bought a notebook and a pen and then I bought about $50 worth of DVDs because I really just wanted to consume as much stand-up comedy as I could. So I bought some DVDs. So really small, uh, introductory costs there, about $300, maybe $350 at the most for that. Um, when I started this podcast, again, my costs were pretty low to do a podcast. You just, you need a laptop, which I already had. Luckily you need a microphone. My friend gave me a microphone. So I had that for free. My most expensive thing is I bought what's called a mobile, um, device so that I could record on the go if I wanted to do that. Because when I first started this podcast, I actually thought I was going to do a travel podcast and do live podcasting while I was traveling. Um, so I spent $350 on this gizmo, which I still use when I'm recording. Um, so it's not a total waste, but I didn't really need it. I could have gotten away without buying that thing, um, because I don't do a mobile podcast. And then I pay $15 a month to host my podcast on a hosting site. So all in all, I paid, uh, my intro fees to get started in podcasting was about $350. And then I pay $15 a month. You obviously can get this done a lot cheaper. I know people who do podcasting through their phones using a headset. Um, you can now host your podcast for free on different websites, including anchor.com. So definitely check that out if you're interested in a podcast. You can start a podcast for free. When I started my CBD business, which is my e-commerce business, um, my expenses basically were when I first decided I really wanted to jump into the e-commerce business, I knew I had to find the vendors and I knew which vendors I wanted to use because I'd already tried all the products, but I needed to get in front of them to get their price list and get, get, get to know them on a one-on-one -on -one basis because I don't really like doing that whole emailing people and then they don't know who you are because I don't feel like you get the same um, attention. Like you don't get the same, like, oh, I know who you are. I'm going to give you the best discount or the best prices. So I paid about a hundred dollars to go to an expo. And that's where I met everybody that I wanted to purchase from. So that was one of my costs. My initial inventory, um, buy was only $500. I made sure that I only bought $500 worth of inventory because I didn't want to start too big and then be stuck with a lot of inventory. Um, so I was very careful with who I purchased my inventory from. A lot of them had um, re refunds where you could return the inventory if you didn't sell it. So that's really important. So if you are starting a business where you're going to purchase inventory, check with them. Find out what is their minimum order quantity. Make sure you understand what their shipping is. Some people will really are nickel and dime you on shipping because that's where they try to make a lot of money from. So check that and then and then see if they have a return policy. Sometimes they'll in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, they'll take the merchandise back from you if it's not selling. So definitely look into that as well. So I bought $500 worth of inventory and then I spent $1,000 on letting someone make my website. 
I probably could have done it myself because now I fix and change everything on my website myself. But in the beginning, it felt like a daunting task and it was very timely. And I didn't want to spend my time building the website when someone else could have. And I'm glad that I let him do it because there was a lot of coding that he fixed and changed so that it looked just the way I wanted. So that was $1,000 on that. And then I host my site on Shopify.com. And I've talked about Shopify a lot. If you're going to do an e-commerce business and you can do the marketing yourself, I would highly recommend Shopify.com. If you don't want to do the marketing, I would go to Etsy.com. If you are interested in Shopify, I can give you a 14-day free trial. Just go to funnybrowngirl.com forward slash Shopify. But I pay Shopify $30 a month. Um, to host my site, plus I pay them a transaction fee. So every time somebody's using a credit card, they get a percentage of that. So all in all, my cost to start my CBD business was about $1,600. And then lastly, I, as I mentioned before, I started a new, another e-commerce business called Woman Della, and I sell products uh, made from women in Africa, from East Africa and South Africa specifically, and most of it's like pouches and jewelry. And my upfront cost for that was about $500. And then I pay 60 cents a month to Etsy for each product that I have listed on their website. So all in all, again, a really small startup cost of $500. So really make, make sure you budget how much you're willing to lose because that's how I did it. I was like, okay, if I put $500 into this business and $500 into this business and then I don't do anything or I don't sell anything or I get no traffic coming to my site, am I okay losing that $500. So it's what you're comfortable losing and what you're comfortable that you have that money to even play with. I know right now is a really tough time to just have $500 sitting around because of COVID and furloughs and layoffs and just the way the economy is. So just be very careful. Um, one of the things I really learned from the CBD business is that I was purchasing a lot of products from different companies and I was getting really um, taken advantage of in terms of shipping. Shipping was kicking my butt. Like it was one of my highest expenses. So I was able to find a vendor here in Florida where I get all my stuff from. So I was I started consolidating my products so that I only buy it from one company or two companies. That way you get a better price. You don't pay as much in shipping. And because they're so close to where I live, I, they are actually, I can drive to them and it takes me about 30 minutes. I can purchase on demand. So I don't have to buy a hundred units at one go. I can purchase 10 units at one go and the next week go buy another 10 and then another 10 and really just keep incre incrementally increasing how much I want to buy. So these are things to think about if you're going to go into a physical product um, side hustle. So that was like one of the questions I got. Really great question. I hope I answered it. Again, continue to reach out to me. I know I said I would only Skype with a few of you, but um, I have some time right now with the holidays coming up. So if you have questions, hit me up. Hi at funnybrowngirl.com. On Instagram, I'm funnybrowngirl. Facebook, funnybrowngirl. Twitter, funnybrowngirl. TikTok, funnybrowngirl. Um, so send me a message. If you have any questions, concerns, let's, let's work together. Okay. So like I said, today we have a really great guest. Henry Gibson and I met during doing acting. Henry Gibson Garcia began his career as an actor performing on stage in and in front of the camera for over a decade. Starting in 2019, he began using the skills he developed as an actor and director to provide training in leadership collaboration and communication to medical school students through improv, aka side hustle. Earlier this year, after years of reading and studying personal finance, he became a financial coach and investment advisor with Plan and Act, a wealth management firm seeking to provide finance advice to ordinary Americans. With a background in coaching and with real experience of what it's like to survive as a creative, Henry hopes he can make a positive difference in people's lives. 
So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Welcome to the guest chair, Henry. So great to see you or hear you for those of you on YouTube are listening. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's great to be here. Um, I'm, I'm excited to be here because uh, this is this is something I'm really passionate about. Um, I've been a, an actor. I was an actor for, you know, over a decade. I made a living as an actor. And then and the whole time, like in college, uh, I took these courses on on finance because I thought at some point I'm going to have money. How do I uh, how do what do I do with it once I actually have that money? And um, and I finally kind of did. And I realized that that those courses and those things that I've been learning along the way, they were so important that I've actually made the switch over to finance now. So I'm with a company called Plan and Act, uh, and they're they're just really good. They're so focused on helping normal people like creatives with side hustles. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that's exactly then what I want to talk to you about because I need your help. <laughs> so tell us. Okay, let's start. Let's start smaller picture, I guess, in terms of COVID. Let's let's walk. Let's go from COVID and then back into reality. Okay. For those of us struggling with COVID right now, like what is what is the piece of advice you would give us, like creatives who might be out of work right now? Um, like Disney just let off seven thousand entertainers, performers, comedy clubs haven't opened everywhere in the country yet. Acting now, like film isn't really shooting. Um, you're doing auditions from home. Like what what is some like nuggets that we should be thinking about or paying attention to right now while we are kind of struggling to figure out our next steps? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess, I mean, the most important thing is you can't lose hope. You know, there's yeah. it there's there's always something to do. There's I've I've been amazed and inspired by my friends because like I've like I've seen them get laid off. I've seen them get furloughed. And I know one guy started a woodworking business. Oh, nice! Who like I I would never have, I would never have pictured him for to be a woodworker, but he's like churning out these like he's got some contracts already that I saw on Facebook. Um, so he like turned to woodworking. I've seen other people turn to baking, and they they've got these pictures of these delicious desserts. Yes. And so there's always there's I get I think that's like the number one thing. It's just like you can't lose hope because um, I mean we're we're I, when you're creative, that's kind of our number one job anyway is, uh, you know, we're always fighting for that next job. And so that's that's got to always be our number one thing is we just got to be able to keep trucking. Yeah, um, exactly. yeah. so I think that's that's the number one thing because if you can't, if you, the thing is that if you if you lose that mindset, then no matter what strategy I present, that it's just going to go out the window with, with the first gust of wind. So uh, so keep hope and keep believing yourself. So that's like, that's, that's number one for me. Um, that's huge, that's huge for me. Um, also, um, I, there's, uh, as people are shifting over into these side hustles, uh, one thing to think about is, um, there's, there's a few things to think about financially. Uh, one of them is, and I think you talked about this in your last, in your, in your, uh, first one, the uh, podcast that I listened to is know your worth. Um, cause 100. yeah, cause you're, you're now, you know, we're actors. We're, we're always, we're always a business anyway. We're a solo proprietorship. And so if we start taking these jobs that pay pennies per hour, it, it's not sustainable and we burn out. And that goes even more so for side hustles. Just know your worth, make sure you're covering the cost of the goods that you're, that you're, get, that you're using, and also make sure that you're paying yourself an hourly wage. Because um, otherwise you're, you're just not gonna be able to, to survive. You're gonna slowly start chipping away at your savings and instead of, it's gonna be the death of a thousand cuts, which yes. is gonna be, kind of rough to, to go through. So know your worth, 
don't be afraid to charge what you're worth. There's still people going out and buying Starbucks every day, you know, and Starbucks needs that money less than you. So uh, know your worth. People are still spending that money. Don't don't go thinking with that mindset of like nobody's nobody wants to buy anything. People still want to buy stuff. So don't be afraid to charge what you're worth. Um, beyond that, uh, remember to save your receipts. It sounds like, uh, it sounds really, uh, I don't know, tech, like boring. <laughs> it's not a, it's not a sexy piece of advice to, to save a piece of paper. Uh, but especially if you're doing stuff as a contractor, if you're, uh, making income doing like Uber, uh, getting income from Uber now, or one of those, one of those side gigs as well, you're getting a 1099 at the end of the year. And Basically, any anything you spend, any of your expenses in service of getting that income gets uh, gets written off at the cool. at, around tax time. So, like yeah. gas mileage. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So if you're um, but it's got to be against that 1099 return. Mm-hmm. So if you're, uh, this is like one of the things with the new tax plan that we can't. Uh, if you have a W two, you can't write off expenses against the against that income. Okay. Um, which kind of, which was, has been frustrating for creatives in over the past year, because we can't, you, we were no longer able, able to write off audition tapes, for instance, uh, against, uh, against that income, because we were getting W-2s from like Universal or Disney or whatever. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So in some ways, getting, being able to free yourself up to be a, a true contractor, if you, if you do it right, it's going to be hard. But if you do it right at the end of the year, you're actually going to be, be saving a lot on, on taxes. Um, which is, you know, at least there's one bright side. <laughs> uh, also, and, uh, you know, if uh, I know a lot of people, and I've seen a lot of people uh, turning to Patreon as they're, yes. you know, making drawings and things like that. Um, Patreon, that should be a 1099 expense as well, or 10, 1099 income. So you should, you'll be able to write off the costs of, of providing those services. So if, like my friends who, through Patreon, they're, they're doing art, they're mm-hmm. painting things. You can write off those painting supplies that you wow, use to make that okay. income, things like that. But you have, and this is where the saving receipts com- comes into play. You have to be able to show that those re- that those expenses came from the, yeah, that those expenses came from something that you used to make that ten ninety nine income. Got it. Okay. So yeah. now, say for example, like these people on Patreon are drawing this art, and maybe bef- and now they're sitting at home drawing this art. So now when they do their taxes, will their home be considered a business expense? Is that considered a home office now too? Yeah, it's something like the, uh, you end up calculating the like square footage mm-hmm. of, uh, of the, like I'm in my home office right now. So I calculate the square footage of my home office, find out what percentage it was from, uh, from the whole, the whole house. Mm-hmm. So let's say, this isn't the case. Let's say this <laughs> this room. This is a much smaller room, but uh, let's say this room was like twenty five percent, a quarter of the square footage of the entire house. Uh, at the end of the year, you would use that twenty five percent, pull twenty and twenty five percent of your total housing expenses. You'd be able to write those off because okay. uh, against the ten ninety nine income. Got it. Anything else that we should be paying attention to or being aware of? Uh, one thing that I've actually seen a lot, of, like some. A few people do, uh, which is not a, this is, this is kind of like a habit to stay away from, uh, is, uh, making sure that when you're, when you're starting these side hustles, uh, don't, don't fund your enterprise entirely with your credit card. Um, cause unless you can pay it off, unless you can pay off a credit card at, at the end of the month, um, your, that interest rate on a credit card, it's just so high that you're going to very quickly start falling behind. 
So and this is this is good advice, not even just for side hustles or for COVID, but like whenever you start, whenever you're starting your own business, it's a good idea to try not to fund it with your credit card because you're just it's just not going to be sustainable in, in the long run. Yeah, for sure. Actually, going to credit cards because I've heard this a lot from creatives. Creatives are always telling me, Shreen, I because I'll ask them like why they charge like everything on their credit cards, even when I know they don't have that money to pay off their credit card. <laughs> and they say that they're always they charge things to their credit card and then they pay the late fees or and they pay the they they roll over their their debt month to month and pay the interest on it because they're trying to build up their credit. True or false? Is that how you build up credit? That is that it's false. Um okay. Yeah, you can build up credit just by you're, you're making on-time payments. So if you pay it off in full at the mm-hmm. end of the month, uh, then you're, you're already building up your credit doing that. If you start getting those, getting that interest, you're just giving more money to that, to that credit card company w- without any more, any benefit to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, because that, that was my big thing, that, the big problem that I fell into years ago was credit card debt. Uh, so it, I, let me tell you from experience, it's hard. It's very difficult to pull out of it. There's different ways to do it, though. Even if you think it's unmanageable, there's always there's always a way um, there. You can, you know, credit counseling, you can negotiate and reach a settlement with, with the credit card companies. Uh, but yeah, credit cards, pay them off at the end of the month. Otherwise, you're going to end up under a mountain. Mm-hmm. So now for the creatives like sitting at home right now who who are who maybe don't who are just starting a side hustle or maybe are still trying to think of their side hustle idea um what are some things they need to be other than like take charging what they're worth and keeping track of receipts anything else that they should be aware of financially uh financially um it's even if you don't need the income financially a side hustle is actually uh, can actually be really good good for you mm-hmm. um because you're going to be adding skills that you can put on your resume yep. uh, and using the, and you're going to be able to network using that side hustle in ways that you're not going to be able to do just in your normal W2, W4 job. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, it's in a lot of ways, depending on what the side hustle is, if you're starting like my, my buddy, who's a woodworker now, I mean, he's working entirely on his own time. So he's making his own use of his own time in, as opposed to working for somebody else's to increase another CEO's uh, net worth. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of really good benefits to having a side hustle. Even if, even if you don't need it, um, it can be really fulfilling um, for, especially what I've, I've seen from, from COVID. Some people have just (laughs) really gone into baking and, and they look, and they look so happy. I've talked to them and they're so fulfilled that they get to do this and, you know, nurture people in a way that they weren't doing before. Um, So, you know, just so financially there's, and, Financially and emotionally, there's just so many benefits to actually doing having a side hustle. And now, like, say you said, um, I want to start a side hustle, and you said not to start it on my credit card. Where, what, how else can I get the funding if I want? Say, I need five thousand dollars to start my business. Like, where can I go for that five thousand dollars? Hey, it's me, Shreen. Sorry to interrupt. Creative breakthrough listeners, are you enjoying this episode? If so, I have a quick favor. Could you leave us a review, whether on Apple, SoundCloud, or whatever platform you're listening from? It's a great way to pay it forward and let other creatives know about the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay, I'll get back to the original interview now. Thanks. Bye. There's a there's a couple different avenues to take, especially for minorities. There's actually like grants and stuff. I I haven't I haven't started a company, so I have I I haven't actually gone through this process. But I know that there's grants out there for minorities for women. Uh, to, to start companies. Um, sometimes you can even go to a bank uh, and start a business line of credit. 
and they can actually have access to those to those same grants so they can use that to kind of help secure uh help secure a loan to get you started as well okay very cool yeah and so when they go to the bank to just ask for a business line of credit yeah yeah and then and that that's i think what something like jay-z said that uh i'm not i'm not a businessman i'm a business man uh so uh and that's that's kind of what we're aiming to do here for for creatives as well um make sure that you're aware that you are you are the business Mm -hmm. uh so starting that business line of credit and that's going to be that's going to be huge do you have to shop around for that like do banks differ in terms of what they offer in terms of like rates and stuff is that something People need to like go be savvy about and talk to a few different banks. Yeah, I would. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Now say for the people who might have a job right now and maybe uncertainty, right? Like, are they going to keep the job? Is the company going to fold? What are some things that people who have a job, maybe in some income coming in right now should be preparing for and how should they prepare? Uh, So um, I think it's, you know, especially, you know, we've seen at the theme parks that Unfortunately, no jobs are are 100% secure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think using the tools that are at your disposal uh, to kind of maximize your income. We work with a lot of people, and one of the big things that we talk about right away is make sure you're contributing to your 401k. Right. Um, 401ks uh, or or the a retirement type of account that your employer comp- might be might be providing. Uh, and because with a 401k, that's money that's tax deductible, that's tax deferred rather. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, uh, you don't get taxed on whatever money you put in there. On top of that, you're going to, uh, if you're under a certain amount of income, which I can't remember right now, you get something called the retirement savers tax credit. So okay. you're going to get some of that money back when it comes to tax time. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, there's also the employer match. So if you, I, I forget exactly what the rate is, but it's like if you, put in 3% of your annual income uh, or your weekly income into, into a 401k, the employer puts in 2%. So you, mm-hmm. you're basically getting free money from your employer just to be putting money into this, into this retirement savings account. Because um, what, what ends up happening is that you're going to be able to withdraw that money or give a loan to yourself uh, when, if you do lose your employment. And that 401k is actually a really powerful financial tool uh, even if you uh, even if you manage if you keep the job, um, you're going to be able to borrow against it to buy a house maybe someday, um, things like that. So that 401k is a really strong and powerful financial tool that you'll be able to you'll be able to use. Okay, so max out your 401k. What else should I do before I get laid off? Uh, use the 401k. Uh, start uh, start thinking about uh, just what makes you passionate right now. This isn't a financial piece of advice, but again, those skills on the resume that are going to make you marketable to other people. Mm-hmm. That then you if you start thinking in terms of that of how can I how am I going to be able to market myself to other people? You can use uh, you can say like oh hey I have, you know like a lot of people that I know I have the skill in baking. Why don't I work on that? So then they can develop a skill and be ready by the time that the need really arises for them to have the side hustle going. Let's hypothetically say we are in the best economy in the world right now. COVID is gone. Comedy clubs are back open. Movies are starting to shoot again. What advice would you have for someone who has a full-time job that wants to leave it and go become a full-time creative? Like what are some things they should be preparing for financially to make that, to make that move? Yeah. Um, at that point, that that kind of move, uh, you would need more liquidity. You would need more more money in your checking and savings account that you can have immediately available, um, because uh, and 
and again, and again, you know, I don't have the, I don't have the algorithms that I can just like, mm-hmm. no, that's <laughs> fine. Give, but like, uh, but yeah, we, you typically, you're going to, you're going to be able to, you're going to need to be able to withstand more risk while mm-hmm. you're getting that new career started up. So more money in a checking and savings account that's immediately available um, than if you have a steady employment. Mm-hmm. So what, as we wrap up, like what other advice do you have for creatives? Like what should we be thinking about even if, or even if we've already thought about it, like what should we be putting into action? Uh, I would, uh, you know, I will say one other thing too, is that it's okay to hire somebody. I mean, I know I'm plugging my, myself here, but not even just <laughs> us, um, like even a, a, a tax accountant at the end of the year, they're going to, they're going to be able to help people out in so many ways. Uh, you know, that's one of the things that like the wealth, the people born into wealth, they know to go find people who know how to deal with money, like tax mm-hmm. accountants. Cause we just don't know. I had, I had no idea that the retirement tax savers credit was a thing until right. I hired an accountant. So hiring an accountant, hiring people who know how to deal with money, that actually ends up paying you back in, in the long run, uh, especially if you're starting a business and you're not sure how profitable your business is. They, an accountant can help you look at your numbers so they can go, oh, hey, look, your, your expenses this month were 3000 You only made 2000 mm-hmm. So you're going to need to reexamine something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's something creatives. I think we have a hard time asking for help like that or hiring help like that. Cause we just, we just don't know. Yeah. We just don't know. And we don't want to get scammed. Cause I think a lot of us have been scammed in the industry. <laughs> We're yeah. just not trying to get scammed outside of the industry as well. Yeah. But I do like, I agree with you. Like I don't have a, I don't have an accountant full time, but I do have somebody who prepares my taxes for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say the amount of money I pay him to do my taxes, I make back double because he, he always finds ways like with the comedy stuff, like how to, how to position it and ask the right questions so that it's, it's actually, you submit it as a business so that I do get a tax write off. Yeah, that's exactly it. I, uh, you know, I, if I had known that that could happen, I would have hired <laughs> an accountant like years ago. What other pieces of advice would you leave us with? I, I just, I have, I have a lot of hope for everybody listening to this. Um, it, cause it, it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's scary, but one of the things that I believe is that if, if you encounter something that is scary, then you're probably going in the right direction. Um, and, and so I, there's so much opportunity ahead of, ahead of you if you're, if you're listening to this and you're just starting your side hustle or you're, you're thinking about it. So I, I just, I hope all the best for you and I hope you become a millionaire. Um, <laughs> one of the, one of the things Amen. is, yeah, one of, I mean, you know, speaking of Donald Trump, one, one of the things is that like, most rich people are white. So uh, I hope that, you know, people listening to this, you know, get inspired and go do something, discover something, innovate some industry or other, you know, break new comedic ground and uh, become another minority millionaire. Because I think that that's something that this country really needs. And, you know, if anybody, if anybody out there wants advice, you know, send me a message because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm down for helping minorities because I think we got to, we got to help each other. For sure. Henry, if people wanted to find you online, where could they find you? Uh, they could, uh, I, I should probably, well, I'll give you the website, but I'll also give you my email because uh, okay. the email will be the best way to to find me or to reach me. Uh, the website for our company is planandact.com. That's P-L-A-N-A-N-D-A-C-T.com. And then my email address is henry.gibson at planandact.com. The, I think, you know what, I'm going to just say one more time, I'm going to repeat something, because this is something <laughs> that's come up in conversation so many times, charge what you're worth, because there's so many people that are out there that are just, they feel bad, they're artists, and they feel bad about charging what they're really worth, charge what you're worth, 
I love what you said before in the last podcast about don't do a COVID discount, don't do family discounts, charge what you're worth, know what you're worth, because you absolutely are. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play dumb here because I, I had some people ask me this. How do I know what I'm worth? Well, what I would, we you know what, it's kind of, it's kind of what, it's kind of a, I think partly a feeling. Um, I asked somebody what they thought they were worth and they said a hundred dollars if, you, and I was a hundred dollars an hour. And I was like, yes, you know, they're, they're a performer here in town. And they, mm-hmm. they said a hundred dollars an hour. And that's from, you know, not just wages, but also how much is my friendship worth? What, mm-hmm. what value am I adding to other people's lives? A hundred dollars mm-hmm. an hour. And I said, yes, that is absolutely true. Uh, If you're looking for a more numerical (laughs) way to find what you're (laughs) worth, uh, one good good way to start is find out whatever the cost of goods is for for your business and make sure adding like, I would start at like, I don't know, I would start at like 50% profit margin. And then, you know, if that's too much and you're you're pricing yourself out of the market, Mm -hmm. cut back from there. But you are worth so. But we're we're all just worth so much more than we put ourselves out there for. So much, so much of the time. Yeah, it's just being savvy about it. I tell people it's being savvy, like what you said. What is your time worth? Like as a comedian, I, sometimes I'll give a price, and I don't take into account the the travel time to get there, mm-hmm. the, the idling time, because sometimes, like if you're going there for a wedding, they're only going to pay you for the thirty minutes that you're on stage. But they ask you to get there an hour ahead of time and eat with the bride and groom and mingle and like. You gotta pay. You gotta pay for valet parking, which is expensive sometimes. And so yeah. you you gotta take into account all these things, and then you've gotta take into account just your time. What is your time worth? What could you be doing in that time, right? That you're at this wedding performing for thirty minutes. Um, and the yeah. same thing goes with what you said about like when you're buying goods and setting prices. You've really gotta think about everything that goes into that. Because I think a lot of people start these Shopify stores and they don't realize, okay, you have to pay Shopify. Mm-hmm. Then you have to you have to buy the materials. Then mm-hmm. you have to pay credit card fees. Then you've got to pay shipping fees. Then you've got to pay sales tax. You've got to do the math and you've just got to sit down and add it up. And then you add, you, I, I add all that stuff up and then I add customers, customer experience. What am I bringing to the table that the other company is not bringing to the table? And then figuring out, is that really worth all my time and money? Because maybe there's something else I should be doing instead. Yeah, absolutely. So. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this one story of, uh, with my, with my agent, my agent would send me, uh, audition notices from, they would be in like Georgia or something like that mm-hmm. for like $125 for the entire day. And uh, my agent would send me this audition and would say, Hey, submit this, this audition. And I would respond by breaking down. This is how much it would cost for me to do the taping. This is how much it would cost for me to standard mileage to get to Georgia. This is how much it would cost me to rent a room overnight because I'm not right. going to be driving up and then back. That's 12 hours. I'm, that's not going to be safe. This is how much money it would cost for food. I would break it all down, including this is how much money I'd be losing at Universal. And at the end of the day, this is how much money I would be losing by taking this gig. So I'm not right. going to audition for this. Right. And uh, I think I really annoyed my agent with that, <laughs> but also that's what, that's what made me, that's what made me able to sustain acting uh, mm-hmm. for such a long time um, mm-hmm. that I got, there's, there are good paying gigs out there. You just have mm-hmm. to know, know what you're worth. For me, right. I was losing money. It's not worth my time. Right. And I think that's really hard. That's such a great point. Cause as creatives, we get, we get so wrapped up in gigs and stuff and we don't want to let anything go we don't want someone else to take that gig from us like we get I don't know if it's an envious thing or a nervous thing that we may not get the opportunity again or we're going to burn bridges but we lose creatives I think in general lose money a lot on gigs and stuff because we 
we are so for one, we don't do the math like you did. Sometimes we don't do the math. But second of all, we're just so afraid to say no. And I guess how did you how did you even come up with the courage to be able to tell your agent no? Like where did you I guess where do you get that self-esteem or self-worth from to know that you're gonna get another gig in the future? I uh for me, it, I think it somebody I, I'm gonna I don't remember, I can't give credit to who told me this, but somebody told me, another actor told me that if I take a low paying gig. I am actually not not only hurting myself, but the next person to be offered that similar gig because mm-hmm. they're not going to be able to afford it either. And if I'm aware that it's a bad idea, it's a bad pay rate. I'm you know, I, I that next person might not be aware. So I you know, that's that's one of the things that really helped me early on was be was knowing like I, this isn't just for me. I'm teaching these I'm teaching these companies they can't just get us for pennies on the dollar because that, mm-hmm. that ends up hurting all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so making it, making it really like visceral like that, you know, having a real strong reason why. Um, so there were times that it was really difficult. Uh, a, a couple times where I asked for a pay raise and I was like, I really love this company, but I can't do it for that little, but that next person is going to also need this money. So I, I asked for it and sometimes I got it and sometimes I didn't, but, uh, another gig always pops up. And that, that's, that's kind of one of the things that you learn when you're, when you're acting, there's always another audition. There's always something else you can be doing. So even if the one doesn't work out, something else is going to come along. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love that 100%. Cause I, I keep trying to talk to tell people like I, when I coach creatives, but people get so scared to say no. And it's scary. I know it's scary, especially when you really need the money. It's really scary, but you have, like, I love how you, you set, you go through it. You've got to take into account all the money you're spending, especially like on food and gas and just travel time and wear and tear on your car and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, if the, I mean, if for a lot of people, I, I think it is like a thing of they, they need some income, but if you break it down and go, Oh my God, I'm, I'm losing money doing this. Mm-hmm. My purpose is income. Then I can't do this gig that that's making me lose money. Mm-hmm. There's sometimes that it might be worth it if you get to work with a really famous director or something like that. But that's only if you can afford it. If you can't afford it, then you, you're basically shooting yourself in the foot. And mm-hmm. a lot of us creatives, we do that. And then we wonder later on why, why actors are underpaid. And it's because yep. we all do this. Yep. Yep. Love it. Well, this has been great, Henry. This was amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your thoughts. And I'm sure the listeners got so much out of this. So thank you. Cool. I hope so. Thank you so much. Wow, Henry drops so much knowledge, guys. And that that knowledge would actually cost you probably $100, $200, $300 if you had scheduled an appointment with a financial advisor to have this conversation. So thank you, Henry, for giving us that information for free. It was so useful. Couple things to take away from this conversation. One, it is okay to be scared when you start a side hustle or you start your creative journey. That means you're doing something right. Two, side hustles are great to build up your skill set as well as your resume. So if you're debating whether it's a good idea or not to do it, definitely think about how it could help set you up for that future job or that next step in your career. Three, maximize financial vehicles. In the United States, and I know we have listeners from all over the world, in the United States, though, we have a lot of vehicles to save money for retirement, whether that's your 401k or an IRA or mutual funds or ETFs. There's so many different things out there. Do your research and put money in those 
if you have extra money sitting around. Don't just keep money in a checking account or a savings account because you're really only making like 0.5% interest in those accounts where you could be getting more money if you were to invest it into one of these vehicles. And lastly, as Henry has mentioned and as I have mentioned over and over again, know your worth, okay? Please, 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 please know your worth. Do not undercharge. Do not give a COVID discount. Know what you're worth and stick to it. With all that said, go flex your creative muscle and keep winning. Thanks for listening. Stay connected about upcoming resources, including opportunities, festivals, competitions, and grants to help you grow your creative passion by subscribing to my bi-monthly newsletter by visiting funnybrowngirl.com forward slash subscribe. Don't miss out on a life-changing opportunity and subscribe today at funnybrowngirl.com forward slash subscribe. And hey, if you decide to go on Instagram today, follow me. I'm Funny Brown Girl. I'm Shereen Kassam, and you've been listening to Creative Breakthrough. Now, go flex your creative muscle and keep winning.